So how many shows do you have? Um, we are doing this great little show called The Last Christmas Turkey, which is just hysterically funny. We have eight shows this week and six more next week. Oh, wow. Yeah. Plus writing. It's just <laughs> craziness. <laughs> the, the fun part was today, though, um, we've started, and I'll give a little plug. I work for Theatre Orangeville. We had started doing what's called a relaxed performance years ago. And what it just means is the lights are a little bit brighter. The doors are open. If people need to get up and move around the theater, they can. We've aimed it towards mostly like autistic, like people with sensory issues. Yeah. That just, they want to be there, but they can't just sit. Cool. And today we did our very first daytime relaxed performance and it was just so cool. I still have goosebumps because it was just so much fun. So. See, and I've been thinking about volunteering for our local Shamanus Theater. Oh. I've been thinking about it. Go for right. it. Okay. Okay. New Year's resolution. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> so if folks haven't clued in, I have Diane Bader with me. I'm glad Diane's back. Uh, we talked in, it was near the end of August, last time we talked. Yeah. And so I'm just going to refresh everyone's memory. First of all, my name's Joanna. I'm the author of The Unraveling and Dealer's Child. And today, Diane, she's back. She is a prolific Canadian mystery writer, the mom of three kids, two cats, and a step dog, as well as the author of Wild Blue Mysteries, Gilda Wright Mysteries, and that's what we had talked about last time, the Gilda Wright Mysteries, uh, Glitter Bay Mysteries, and the Audra Clemmings Mysteries. And that's all published from Books We Love. And she has many more, many more books. And as you could tell, plays, she's working in the theater, plays to come. Now, if you haven't had the chance, like I said, Diane was on the show on August 6th when we talked about her novel, Dead Without Honor, which is a Gilda Wright mystery. Diane, welcome back. Thank you. I've been so excited to come back. Oh, it's so much fun last time. We did. We, we had a good time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, always had a good time with these things. <laughs> and last night, I thought up a question. I have a surprise question Ooh. for you near the end, but it's a fun one. Yeah. So. We're going to talk about your latest, mm-hmm. Dead Man's Doll, which is an Audra Clemmings mystery. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and I have been enjoying this book. Um, I'm not your, how do I say this? I've been enjoying reading novels which have a Christmas theme, but. <laughs> They're a little twisted. <laughs> okay. So, you know what I mean? Like, it's right? like they, just like, you know, a mystery or a murder is involved. So, out of the gate here, can you tell our listeners what Dead Man's Doll is about? And is this the series? And I, tell me if I'm wrong, where you have one book where someone gets killed by a sewing machine? I don't, but that's a great idea. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Anyways, so please, please take it away. Industrial model. Actually, Mm -hmm. it's really funny because I was in a meeting this morning and the conversation turned to hat pins and how women used to use hat pins way back when 
Yeah. Stab somebody and clean it off and you disappear and nobody knows, right? No one knows. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> so yes. I figured I already had the first three chapters written by the end of the meeting. So I'm like, I don't know, but um, Audrey Clemmings is just this lovely character that is she and her best friend, Marilee Rutherford own this little craft shop in the fictional town of Sugarwood. Yeah. And that's located here in Ontario. Okay. It's totally fictional, okay. honest, <laughs> not based on anything. Um, and one day, Audra has been struggling with some health issues, and she's been taking this green sledge from the, one of the local, they call her a naturopath, but yeah. she's not really. Yeah. Um, so she goes into the store to get a refill and stumbles over a body. And the body belongs to that the local butcher who... <laughs> has been disgraced and is now working for the local grocery store in the butcher counter. So things just kind of go from there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Just a ride. Yeah, it is. And you mentioned about Sugarwood and you mentioned about setting. I have a few sewists who are listeners. So can you explain a little about your setting, particularly stitch in time? Uh It's one of those places that anybody who loves to do crafts, like sewing, quilting, needlepoint, you would just love to go and spend a couple hours poking around and wandering. And the the ladies started it up and have had nothing but fun until they have ended up with the local church group who have been actually evicted from the church and they, which they find out later on. But um, so every Wednesday they have this little, sewing group which doesn't really have a name but um my favorite part was I go to a local writing group and it takes it's in a local a small local library and they have this group called knit and natter oh I'm like hmm I might steal that I love that yeah yeah that's great that's great I figure the group does need a name yeah yeah well, just staying with setting right now, um, like right from the beginning, the reader knows we are in Sugarwood, Ontario. And, you know, some readers may think, well, yeah, that's a, that's a, like, kind of like a no brainer. But I recently read a book and it's it wasn't by a Canadian or American author, but an established author and it wasn't until page 40 that the author revealed where this story was taking place. Oh, wow. And it actually really bumped. Like, that's a new term. I've been going to the, um, I'm enrolled in the Simon Fraser Writer Studio, and that's a term we use. If something jolts us from the novel that we're reading, we say it bumped me. Yeah. And it it did. And I'm I'm like I'm reading, 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 and oh, 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 we're we're not even in America, you know. And I just, like you know what I mean, like North America, oh. which I just there were for me. I want to know where I'm at, you know. Yeah. Like I thought this is a good writing lesson, you know. Um, and there were opportunities where like a police station's mentioned, and I thought, why couldn't you have put it? The person have put it in there, you know the the whatever, just the name of it can be even fictional, like the name of the city, like the city 
and the, this fictional police station, but it just, that's what, so when I came to yours and we start out in Sugarwood, Ontario, I thought, yeah. <laughs> well, it's true, right? Cause you're reading a book and you get this image of characters of setting. And if it's not laid out there, which sometimes I don't, especially with character descriptions, yeah. because I want people to have that image in their head. I want that world to live in their heads. Yeah. Not just me going, but there you go. Yeah. Here's everything you need to know. Sometimes it's more fun just to make it up in your own mind. Yeah. And yeah. like you said, suddenly you get this jarring bump that yeah. wait a minute, I'm not in Kansas. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's it. Where are my slippers? <laughs> what, what do I need to? Yeah. I don't know where I am. Yeah. You know, well, it helps to have that that structure. Yeah. Just get us established, right? Mm-hmm. Now what I'm guilty of and I have to watch is um, I write in first person. So I, you know, I'm not doing the, you know, Jade walked past the mirror and saw that a a strand of black hair or brown, you know, like, so what I find is I need to find some other way, you know, maybe with another character um, to get her description in, you know, just, you know, just because, I mean, it's not like I walk past a, a window and go, oh, I need to pin my white hair back. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, my, uh, my, one of my series is the Glitter Bay Mysteries. And the thing I like about it is I have two different points of view, okay. but one for each book. Yeah. But it's two sisters. So they kind of reflect off each other going, well, you know my hair was much shorter than hers or, you know, her hair is like twisted back in this big long ponytail and mine's like, you know, I can toss it back over one ear, but that's it. Yeah. So, you know, those kind of little things to kind of give you the impression that one has long hair, the other one's short hair and they they have the same kind of similar color hair. So somebody, she'll make a comment about her sister's red hair or whatever, Yeah. you know, her green eyes and, you know, it's so you can play all these little things about kind of comparing themselves to someone else. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. That, and that's how I do it with that series for sure. Cause that's first person as well. That's a good idea. Like a, 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 a comparison, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know listeners, readers, you may think this is really basic, but this is what will cause us to stay awake at 3am to try to figure something out. <laughs> right. <laughs> Or have it all worked out at 10 o'clock and then fall asleep and forget in the morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, your character, Audra, oh, she's going through a hard time. And uh, yours is the first book I've read where the main character has been diagnosed with breast cancer. And I was just wondering, how did that diagnosis come about for her? Um like, what made you decide that this is what Audra was going to be dealing with? Mm-hmm. I mean, most women throughout their lives either find a lump or are scared they have a lump, right? Um, I have a wonderful friend who has been going through just awful stuff lately. It's not breast cancer, but it's, you know, much more. Awful. Yeah. I, not to minimize. Yeah, just, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. But she's been going through some really horrible stuff. And she is one of the people who, as soon as my book comes out, she's lined up for a copy and she reads everything. 
And she has been just so fantastic. So I haven't even told her that this is very loosely, you know, around her. Audra is lucky. Audra finds out later that, well, it's not what she thinks. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, we kind of get away from that part for now. You know, this may be revisited. We'll see. Yeah. But um, for now, she's kind of off the hook. And but in in finding all this out, it helps her to help track down the killer. Okay. So not to give anything away. Yeah. (laughs) But it it gives that. Do I want to say realism? It just it it just yeah, which it it gives it it makes it real, you know. And you how you write about it is respectful and you take such a I don't want to say gentle but you take your approach to it is is so good okay that's I I can't think of the right word but it's just it's it's so good it's so good okay I'm really happy to hear that I was concerned so well I can understand like you like you said you don't want the last thing you want to do is offend anyone who may be going through this, right? So, you know, it, it, you did a, a very good, very good how you approached it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So your characters, I mean, there's Miss Lavinia and her voodoo dolls, <laughs> Dave, the butcher. Um, I mean, that again is very real. I mean, how many times have I had conversations with, with, you know, my spouse or my daughters and I'm saying, yeah, you know, like so-and-so the, the, the produce guy or so-and-so, you know, the, the, the meat cutter, right? So I'm going to ask, and again, it's going to sound like a basic question, but I, I had a podcast interview and I did ask this question. And after the the recording had stopped, I found out all this great information about a character. Okay. And I'm like, stop. So so were any of these in characters in, well, you mentioned Audra, but were any of these other characters inspired by anyone? I, I, it's really funny. I have a friend named Dave. He actually lives in Germany Okay, and we chat on Facebook and all of that. But um, I keep telling him I'm going to kill him one day. (laughs) (laughs) And so his name is writer joke, just just writer joke here. Okay, (laughs) absolutely. Yeah. Um, It's always Yep. I'm going to put you in a book. Yeah, this is your end. (laughs) (laughs) And you can read it later. So so that was the running joke is his name is very similar to the character's name in the book. And I was like, yeah, here you go. This is how I'm doing it. <laughs> so, so, but that's the only, I mean, there's only been a handful of people that I've really used in books as characters. Usually it's kind of a combination of people's um, habits or, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. I actually had a book where I had a writing group in it and my writing group at the time was like, okay, who's this guy? Who's this one? Who's this one? I'm like, nobody. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I took you all and I put you in a blender and I just picked what I wanted. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The characteristics I liked, what I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Your hair color and your laugh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Now I remember 
when we used to live in Victoria and I would catch the Brentwood Bay bus and I would sit there because it was about a 45 minute, maybe 50, yeah, 45 minute bus ride. And I would have my paper and I'd be writing notes. And I remember times, you know, I'd say body found here, like stab, wound, stabbed X number of times, you know, police officer. And I'm just, you know, kind of doing a bit of plotting. And then one day I noticed as I had this out, I thought, if anyone's reading over my shoulder, they're going to be like, what is this woman doing? Right. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like they say about your browser history on the computer. yeah. 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 Careful who reads that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this book, it has a Christmas theme. And uh, and I gotta say, for me, it's it's almost like like I, I've said in another podcast, it's it's not that I I don't like Christmas. That's not it. Sometimes I find there's just so much, like so much Christmas coming at you, right? Um, just a little joke. I went outside this morning and my spouse has um, put up another sort of Christmas dark decoration in our flower pot. And I'm just like, ah! <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's, it's everywhere. <laughs> so Audra got a fist pump from me when she's sitting at home and she's eating shrimp pad thai, drinking wine chased by her green sludge i thought yes okay so, <laughs> yes so why did you want to write a christmas theme mystery um when the characters aren't like the characters i like aren't a cast of like a hallmark movie like this i don't think could be a hallmark movie and i'm loving it so <laughs> what, what what was your inspiration for wanting to do this sort of a christmas themed themed book life is not a hallmark movie and you know you can watch those things as much as you want but your life isn't going to turn out the way some of these people do right which sometimes I'm like oh but um I I just I like to have realism with my characters like you know she's not sure if her kids are coming home for Christmas or when or whatever and they're not taking you know so she ha- she's been so busy running in circles, she really hasn't followed up with them to find out exactly, but until later on. Yeah. But, um, you know, life just isn't that kind of, here's a cup of cocoa when you come in at 2 a.m. And it's like, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, I, and I do watch those. Like, I'm not yeah. slamming them. I really do. Because sometimes you just need light and fluffy. Yeah. Yeah at the end of a crazy day and whatever um it's just nice to have that but sometimes you're looking at them going if i eat as many cookies as you oh yeah that's my and when you said that i'm like yeah audra and Marilee, like right now they're going through all this stuff like they're eating comfort food like there's no tomorrow yeah and audra's already going oh my god my pants are too tight Yeah. Yeah. It's like maybe I should tell her to skip the cookies. Yeah. Or the latte. No, forget it. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. See, and when you said the cup of cocoa, if I came in and someone said, here's a cup of cocoa, I'd be like, there better be something in it. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's just <laughs> yeah. 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 So if you don't mind, 
I would like to read a section of chapter three. And then maybe you could let our readers know what's going on. I I really enjoy this, this dialogue. So there's uh, Audra's being questioned by a police officer. Okay. And we start off with the, the police officer here. Okay. Let's start with an easy question. Why were you in Miss Lavinia's shop? My cheeks warmed against the wind. I needed to pick up a refill. The officer's brown eyes crinkled at the corners as he asked, a love potion? I have cancer, I whispered. I'm sorry to hear that. I've heard she makes some powerful stuff. The officer pulled out a small notebook and a bright yellow pen. Did she happen to remember your name yet? I need work and home addresses as well. Audra, Audra Clemmings. I worked two doors over. What was that smell? Spices? Herbs? Something ex exotic? I guess you can only get away with an address like that in a small town, huh? Yes, but the captain still likes things done the old-fashioned way, with building numbers and names and all. My shop's right there, Stitch and Time, number 88 Main Street. I live at 37 Springer Road. Do you, do you have a name? I mean, I know you have a name. I just mean I blew out a white cloud. I'm going to stop talking now. I'm sure I'm in enough trouble. <laughs> Talk to us about that. <clears throat> that conversation happens right after she finds the butcher's body, yeah. as well as Miss Lavinia, who has is still alive, but has a head injury. And... Audra has just forgotten absolutely everything. She yeah. can't remember her own name, her address, anything. And this guy's trying to prompt her like, come on, you know, start with the basics. What's your name? Yeah. Why were you here? Yeah. And this isn't the first time she's found a body. <laughs> so <laughs> this is like, no, not again. This, yeah. this can't be happening. So she's kind of gone into this little state of amnesia and, and eventually goes right there. I work yeah. right there. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, what I liked is I, I've been there where I've just thought, okay, I'm going to stop talking now because mm -hmm. you just, you, you, you feel yourself digging yourself deeper and deeper into a hole. And it's just like, mm, no more. <laughs> exactly. Just, yeah. I'm just going to. Yeah. <laughs> so in another section, which I thought was special, and I'm just, I'm going to start reading it here. Um. And how do you know, Miss Lavinia? He asked. I've been her patient for years, even though my husband thinks she's a witch. He works for Laney Developments. He's convinced she's a fraud who takes people's money and gives them fake medicine. So much for not talking too much. He made a note in his book, which made me cringe, mostly because I couldn't read it. And what do you think? What did I think? When was the last time anyone actually asked me that, besides when we ordered lunch or supplies for the shop? I took a deep breath and gagged on cold air. I think she sells us hope. I loved that dialogue. I mean, oh. I did. Like I, I, When she said, what did I think? Like, sometimes <laughs> it's like, oh. when? 
has someone asked me for my opinion on something, right? And I felt that for her, you know? And then when she says, I think she sells us hope, I'm just like, so is Audra, is she like you or a little bit of you, a lot of you, or because she seems so special. Oh, absolutely. I mean, every character we write has parts of us. And Audra, I think, is kind of special for that reason. And when I started writing her with this craft shop, like if you could see some of my, yeah, I won't open the closet because <laughs> I'll get attacked by things. But I've got crafts out the years, like all the little diamond art things, all the needlepoint things, like anything I can find that I can just fidget with. It's yeah. it, it it's one of those things that keeps your hands busy and your mind can just go. Bloom, bloom. Yeah. So I love doing that. And I love writing dialogue that will actually happen. There's nothing worse. And and I'm going to go back to the Hallmark movies. There's nothing worse than watching something where the dialogue is stilted and doesn't really flow. And you're not sure if it was, is it the dialogue written in the script or is it the actor who's kind of dropping the ball there? But It's nice when you can read something and it's real. Yeah. It's a conversation you would have with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And that's when I'm doing, especially when I'm doing edits and I'm going through and I'm reading through and everything and going, oh, they wouldn't say that. Wait a minute. Yeah. And and that's where that all comes out. Or what I find is I'm reading it and I'm thinking, this is clunky. You know, yeah. and so then I start saying it out loud. <laughs> like when I start, I start saying, and I'm like, then I'm like, whoa, this is really clunky. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and then I think, okay, what is it you are trying to say here? And then I'll just say it. And then it's like, okay, type what you just said. Right. Yeah. And sometimes you just have to kind of dumb it down. Yeah. Just, <laughs> and that's part of like even writing plays and stuff. And, it's really kind of neat because I've always written my books and if I'm in a real rush, yeah, I will just write dialogue. I won't yeah. write description until later yeah. because it's the dialogue that comes to me first. So yeah. going to script writing was like, okay, well, this is easy. <laughs> so I have written one, but it hasn't gone anywhere yet, but yeah, one day. That's interesting because I was doing Nano Remo book threes with the editor. And uh, I, I'm just like, I don't plot, but now I, the more I get into this book, the more I'm plotting it. And that's the first thing that's coming out, Diane. First thing, it, it's dialogue. It's a lot of dialogue, you know. And uh, as I'm researching this area, you know, I'll be, I'll be putting in a little bit of description, but that's what's coming first. Yeah. So I got a question. You were saying about crafts. Okay. Have you found that as you're doing a craft, that some of your best writing comes to you while you're doing that craft? Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's, like I said, it's one of those things that keeps your hands busy and your mind can just kind of wander off. And, and all of a sudden you'll just come up with something that it's like, okay, where's my pen and paper? Because yeah. <laughs> I have to get this on, I have to get yeah. this down. Yeah. And if you're knitting, you may have dropped a pearl or dropped a stitch or dropped. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Okay. So this is the question I thought of the other night, you know, washing the dishes, 
No, it wasn't the other night. It was during the morning. Okay, I'm getting my mocha together in the morning. Um, and by the way, people, there's a dog in this story, which is so sweet. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm having a flashback. Morning, making the mocha. The two dogs, they're horsing around, but they know as soon as I say, let's go. And I start walking down the hall, they're coming with me, right? And they know we, they make a left into the office, okay? Now, as I'm making my mocha, I'm writing with these last two books about spies, okay? And, you know, measuring out the grounds and all that stuff. And then I hear on the radio, they're talking about job opportunities. And they go, yes, and CSIS is hiring, right? And for anyone outside of Canada, CSIS is the Canadian, um, you know, like our equivalent of the Canadian spy. I don't, it's not an agency, but that's what CSIS is. And I thought, really? <laughs> like it made me stop for a minute. I thought, huh, <laughs> maybe if I was younger. <laughs> you know, but do you find that sometimes that it's like life is imitating the, your art or just intersects with whatever you're writing? Quite often. And it, it never fails to freak me out. Yeah. Because I'll write a book and I'll have like a specific character name or something, something that's not nobody I know. Yeah. Right. And then all of a sudden, like, not even the book will come out yet or whatever. And I'll meet somebody with the name. And it's happened so many times. And I'm like, I'm scared to use names now. (laughs) But but it's just very cool that, yeah, things will, I'll, I'll be writing things out and the book is there and I, and I can go back and go, I can prove this really. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, something will pop up and I'm like, Ooh, that, <laughs> I guess he can make these things up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and for the longest time I kept saying, I remember I interviewed one author and I said, so do you know any spies? Do you know, like I need, I really would like this book to be, read through by someone who's a spy. And lo and behold, I have now met someone who used to work for the CIA. And and this person even said to me, look, if you need help, and I'm just like, okay, this is weird, like goosebumpy weird, (laughs) right? Yeah. So cool. Yeah. So Diane, lightening it up here a bit. I've been binging baking shows. Um, have you been binging anything lately? It sounds like you've been really busy with the theater. What between well, between NaNoWriMo and shows this month, it's been just crazy. Yeah. I think the only thing I will really that I've really been watching, we were watching The Crown for a while. Yeah. I have to get back to that during Christmas. And like I said, just the kind of mindless, sometimes just the Hallmark movies, just to past the evening without having to watch news or anything horrible. So yeah. Light and fluffy. (laughs) Yeah. So for me, it's been the voice I'm Monday and Tuesday nights. That's my go-to. Right. And just to see people performing and singing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So is there anything you would like to add that I haven't covered Diane or anything you'd like to share I do want to know how did you do how did you do with Nano Remo? <laughs> well, this is my third book I think I've written from it. Wow! Dead, Drop Dead Cowboy book one from the series was one of the ones that I did. Yeah. Um, 
was the other one? I think it was All That Shines was one of my Glitter Bay books was a NaNoWriMo book. And then I had, because I've been doing it for years. Yeah. I do have two other books that there's kind of on the back burner. One is a young adult book and one is like a fantasy that is being transformed. (laughs) Because I have a friend who his, um, what do you want to call it? Um, his, His legacy piece. Yeah. is a fantasy book that he wants to write. So we're working on it together. Okay. And as we're working on this, I'm going, huh, this book that I wrote a few years ago, that's still just kind of sitting there yeah. would be a great sequel to the oh. book that he's writing. Wow. Yeah. So I'm like, well, well, once he's done getting his written, then I can go back and fill in the blanks on the other one. And I can put that one out as a sequel or yeah. the prequel. So yeah, it's really cool. Like, I think pretty much I, I reach all my numbers when I do nano. So I aim for the 50,000 words in 30 days. And yeah, some days I get to push it at the last minute. But yeah. but usually I get all my words and then some and and I've gotten some great books out of it. So excellent. See, and that's what I'm finding. I didn't get 50. I believe I, I was at 25. I reached 25,000, but I've, I'm still going. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still going like until I get my edits back. And the weird thing is, and I didn't expect this is that this story takes place in Holland and uh, I don't want to leave Holland yet. (laughs) I'm having a good time in the Hague. (laughs) So, okay. So now is there anything you'd like to add? I'm, don't think so. Um, one thing I will let everybody know is yeah. all of my books are on half price starting two days from now. <laughs> so December 15th until the beginning of January, all half price on Smashwords. Okay. That's awesome. And, yeah. and this podcast will be out. will be out right in the middle of that. That's excellent. Perfect. Good. Good. Yep. Okay. I do have one more. I can't let you go without asking you my favorite question. <laughs> and that is, you've won. I'm thinking of the SOAS. I know I have a few. Okay. Uh, you've won a $40 gift certificate to Stitch in Time. What would you buy? Oh, goodness. What wouldn't I buy? <laughs> <laughs> it, it would take me a while, but I'd poke around in there and I'm not so much a sewist as I am more needlepoint and that sort of thing. So I would do what I normally do and go find all kinds of Ada cloth and go find all kinds of threads and pretty colors and then figure out what I'm going to do with it. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Well, Diane, thank you. Thank you. Oh. And and I did. I really enjoyed your novel. So oh, I'm so glad. Thank you. I okay. had so much fun writing it, which sometimes you get books that are kind of a tough slug yeah this was so much fun good good okay diane thank you so much joanna 